1: Hello and what is up everybody. Sorry for the cold open, but um, we've been having some difficulty with recording audio lately. It's happened on the last couple pods and progressively gotten worse. Uh, It adds kind of a robot effect over our voices while we're speaking. Hopefully y'all have been able to still enjoy the podcast as much as we have been recording them. Um, There are a couple moments in this podcast, one of the worst being about three minutes in. If you experience this... Just go ahead and hit your, you know, plus 13 or plus 15 or plus 30 second button on your skip ahead. And uh, hopefully you guys could still pick up on the conversation and enjoy the remainder of the podcast. So sorry about that. We'll get this fixed before the next recording session. And hopefully you guys can still enjoy. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Lockdown Sound Podcast. Joining me, as always, today is my co-host and co-owner,
2: Hunter Trummel. here. We've tried 20 times to get this rolling. The computer today doesn't want to work with us.
1: Shop computer says no podcast. We say
2: podcast. An hour and a half later, we're recording a podcast. I mean, it's the only thing we've got... (laughs) left to do right now. Pretty slow day in the shop today. So we got some new products that the uh, prototypes are rolling out the door by the end of this week. So we're excited for those. Those But long,
0: um, long, long, long wait for those to get here. Since
2: what, last November? I don't know. I don't know how long it's been. We're talking a year and a half at this point? A long time. It's just... Getting prototypes ready and making them work and finally have ones at work and this is the, both literal and, you know, metaphorically the biggest product we've ever released though. Oh yeah. Largest size and
1: most expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's gonna be a great product. We're looking at four of the prototypes sitting in front of us right now and they are pretty slick looking. So, yeah, they're nice. They're nice. Couple iterations to make before the final ones, but, uh, we'll be opening pre-orders on those pretty darn soon. But other than that, what do we have on the docket today, Mr. Horn?
2: Uh, just this a podcast. I meant for the podcast. Topics. I think you're talking about. Where did the study come out of? Pennsylvania.
1: Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania
2: Deer Study. Uh, we got to talk about a Minnesota law that Minnesota I didn't know law. was a law. Let's go ahead and start with the law that you said was changed, right? Yeah, so this is what I'm hearing. Um, which I didn't go through and read all the actual law, so I, you know... Fake news. It could be fake news. Fake news. It could be. Um, can we get a banned. But, so, I had no idea that Minnesota had not only dates, but restrictions on who could use a crossbow during deer season. Which I didn't know this either until you told me the other day. Yeah, so I guess they took that away entirely. So anybody can shoot a crossbow now and it goes the whole length of bow season. And I saw... Quite the arguments going on between hunters in Minnesota saying, you know, saying that no one wanted this. It's like a surprise to me because Michigan doesn't have anything on the books. Right? Anybody who wants to use one can use one and you can use it all bow season. From start of bow season to the end of rifle season, you, you can use it all season. Yeah, like there's no. If or butts about it, so I I was actually confused that that was even a law, which I makes me think who else has that on the books? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm gonna look
1: that up here. What other states have that on the book? But um, I I'm on the side of I think there probably shouldn't be a different date for crossbow hunters. If you ask me,
2: I it's not you know I don't know why there's so much complaining about it. Like know the DNR didn't do it; they were forced to by legislation. Um. I don't know, you know, the policies to the behind it, like forcing it to be that way, but I have no problem with it at all. If you want to shoot a crossbow, shoot a crossbow, tag to tag. If you fill your tag with a compound, or you, with a crossbow, or you fill it with a crossbow, or you fill it with a thumb. Now, I could say, and I could see, and I would have no problem with, you know, restricting feet per second, which they might already do. I don't know. They probably do. Because um, crossbows are a lot faster than a compound. So I understand where some people are coming from that it's an unfair advantage, you can use a scope, you can set up on it, and it's a lot faster, so it's not really, it's like shooting a gun almost with a bolt on it, you know, but if you want to challenge feet per second and slow it down a little bit, but I mean, other than that, I got no problem with it.
1: I don't even, I don't know, I don't see the point in slowing them down
0: no. either, um, it's still less than a gun. That's what you're getting. You know, I'm not poking a deer at 150 yards. So, no. I, don't, I don't really see the point of
2: slowing them down in general, but that's just me. I mean, I, I don't know. Now, I mean, I, th- I, and I, I don't know the rules either because they've got crossbows now that you can not, you can cock two, two bolts. So, is awesome. that something we need to challenge? Or does it need to be a hand cock? You know, they have electronic cocks now that the bow will bring itself back or you can crank
1: it by hand. You know, I don't, I'm fine with a self-cocking crossbow. Who, people like my dad who have a shoulder injury, that helps out a lot. But two arrows, I think that's where I'll
2: draw Two line. arrows, I could draw the line there, too. I think, you know, you have two.
1: I'm totally okay with
2: drawing the line You're there. never going to get two arrows on a compound, you know, so. But,
0: I don't know. But, I can't find anything on which,
2: I can't find a quick answer on which states you can... Have their own crossbow season,
1: but uh, I'm gonna assume there's a few out there. Obviously,
2: I didn't know that that was. I didn't know that was a rule, but I heard people talk about Minnesota that they changed it. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. They said, and now anybody can shoot at any time throughout the whole bow season. There's no time to date. These guys were asking for like half the season, like 17 days, split to be compound and then to be crossbow. And I was like, here's my thing with that. That seems very unfair. If you're a person that needs to shoot the co- needs to shoot the crossbow, let's be honest. If you're not a die-hard bow hunter right now, you're probably shooting a crossbow. I switched to a crossbow shot. last year <laughs> because of the reliability. of And it lets them go out and stand, and you know they don't. Have, a lot of guys don't have time to practice, or they just don't make time to practice, or they, or they can't, or live somewhere they can't shoot a bow, so it's easier to sight the, the crossbow in and then just go out and hunt with it. You know, you don't have to be on that day. Like it's not something that's buck fever's not gonna kill you, you know, the scope's on it. It'll hit
1: where the scope's faint. And and if nationwide, only twenty six percent of deer are killed with a with a during the archery season. That's not a big enough percentage for me to care how many are with the crossbow or how many are with the Well, I don't know what they're fighting for anyways of I mean, in
2: my opinion, there's not enough of The hunting community is so small anyways, I don't think there's a need to alienate a segregated group of people. No. I agree. Like, if you want to shoot a compound, shoot a compound, that's fine with me. If someone wants to argue that or challenge that, that's fine. I would totally listen to their argument, and maybe they would have a point. In my head, though, I can't come up with something that tells me it's beneficial to make these people hunt with a compound instead of a crossbow. I agree. Like, I don't... My dad always told me as a kid, because I, you know, I always came up with things in my head, be like, oh, that's not fair. I think that they should be able to do this. And my dad was like, well, you know, we're such a small group of people that we all need to stick together and make sure we're on the same page with each other. Because, you know, you start arguing amongst each other, next thing you know, they will pass a rule or law saying, okay, fine, you got split it in half and everybody can't, you know, you can't shoot a compound. Out. And are these right. compound guys going to be, because they want the whole season. They want right. to shoot the whole season. And crossbow can be in its own little segregated area. Well, they're just going to change it so it's half and half. They'll tell compound guys, unless you shoot your crossbow, you can't hunt during this time. Right. You know, I I don't think it's something that you need to play with or argue with. No. I just let it... It let doesn't be. impact enough to argue about it. No, let it be. I don't I don't understand that at all. Could you...
0: Would you do anything
2: specific for public land? Well, that was the other question, was public and private. Um... Because private, it's less of a concern. Hunt with whatever you want, you know, during bow season. I think, but I think you get a lot more
0: arguments when you consider private or public hunting. You know, I've
2: heard about this on the duck side of things too. Private guys arguing that there should only be certain days to hunt in the seat of the year. Like you should only be at certain places. You should only be able to hunt, let's say, a Saturday, Sunday, and a Wednesday, and then you can't hunt the rest of the week. And some guys want a noon cutoff so you can't hunt nighttime. You can only hunt the morning. And I've heard it goes back and forth on these private and public land guys. And we've hunted both. We've hunted both. But we don't have a lot of private, so we're mostly public guys. Yes. So I don't like the segregation because, yes, they are different. But you're arguing for some – these private guys are arguing for public, and these public guys are arguing against private. You don't hunt there. You don't understand how it is. It's not fair for a private guy to that has land that can show up whenever he needs to. Like he's fine with hunting those three days, because that's okay. I'll set it up so that's okay. Right. I'm gonna be there nonetheless. No one else is gonna be there. If you start limiting other guys to certain things on on public land, that's really hindering their ability to do to hunt. Like that's not for fair. Sure. That's not fair to me. And on the deer side of things, I think it limits them. I think it limits them less sometimes because like. It's I've heard the argument on like public land, guys want to not be able to hunt with motion decoys on some places. Gotcha. Um, and they and they want you know certain regulations on everything should be a draw. That way, there's because there's this group of people. and We had a guy on
1: TikTok, outlaw corn, outlaw, uh, outlaw no. standing corn. He said uh, wood duck hunting is not actual duck hunting, and Canada bans don't count. The Canada bans got count. a lot of ideas, Okay, but you.
2: these guys, there's guys like this. They truly believe that – he says duck commanders r- ruined, ruined duck hunting because it's brought too many people to the sport. There's 1% that hunts in, in, in North America, correct? 1% of
1: the population? 3% of the United States population or 3%. hunts 0.3% duck hunt. Duck hunt. It's well, not big, okay? Like,
2: there's guys out there that are private land hunters that literally will whine and complain and try to make new rules. Because they think too many ducks are gonna die and that our populations are gonna be screwed up and stuff. It's not happening, guys. It's, like, if the population is being screwed up, it's not from hunting. Okay, it's from land management. It's from tearing down whole agri- all whole place of agriculture to put in houses. It's lack of rain. It's, uh, too many fucking things killing baby ducks. Like, there's a whole thing going on here. It's, it's how we- farm it's how we farm
1: you can't segregate one factor how many fields. ducks
2: lay eggs in they they lay eggs in fields you know right. bean fields and wheat fields and stuff and then we go through burn it off or we till it and we kill those nests and a lot of ducks will not have a second nest no so you can't say to me that it comes down to too many hunters because that's not true there's not that many of us so as a small faction of people, I think it is very important for all of us to come together and argue the topics that need to be argued and the topics that, that just cause division and, and don't have any real point to them, we need to leave those alone. So if you're a public or a private guy, I really think you should be paying attention to where you're hunting. I don't think a public guy should come across and argue that private guys should have these rules and I don't think private public guys should come across and argue that, that private guys have certain rules. You know. I don't think there's any use in segregating everybody. I agree. I think all that does is cause pissed off people between each other. And then that's when you end up losing battles. You lose season dates. You lose, you know, regulations. Because Michigan, you know, we're kind of... We have a lot of of hunters per, per acre. But we do have quite a bit of land that's public up north. Oh, a ton. If you take a state like Texas that has over a million hunters in it, and I think they said like 9% of the state is public, they have no public ground. No. They have none. So how is it fair to argue somebody down there to tell a private guy to tell a public guy, he's got to drive anyways. Right. And he's already got a lack of, you know, that whole state has to try to get into these little public zones. <coughs> if you go to got like, less to choose from. Yeah, if you go to, but if you go to Oregon, you know, who's maybe got like, 25,000 hunters in it. Okay, but they've got 40% is public. That's a whole different scenario. That's a different topic. Like, right. There's so much more room for those guys to go and hunt. So if I'm just saying if you're a private guy and you're in a state like Pennsylvania who has a crap ton of hunters for the public area it has, or like New York or something like that, it's not fair for you to argue those guys because they're just trying to hunt like you, but they don't have the funds or the means. A lot of guys say they're just not working hard enough, but it's a money thing now. How many times did we get told no last year unless we had a check? Oh, yeah.
1: It, it goes back down to our earlier podcast about land leasing and how it affects the hunting as a whole.
2: And I, and I heard about this day too. So there's a whole faction of people, and I didn't even think about this, whole faction of guys that want to Europe, European, I don't know how you want to say it. They want to make it like Europe. Okay. The rich... Can, they want to make hunting a rich sport. Gotcha. So what they intend to do or what they want to do is they want to buy up and lease or or get a hold of all this federal land. Because if you own this land and you slowly started taking away public land, which is a very hard thing to do. Yeah. But if you were able to do it, only the rich could hunt. Because you would the poor guys wouldn't be able to afford to go lease land. So it would be very, very European-like in that... If you can't pull a checkbook out to go hunt, you can't hunt. Unless you own the land yourself. Right. So when you see all these big companies coming in and, and buying up all this land and the federal coming through and buying up all this land, that makes me worry because it's probably not going to be public. They're going to try to make money off of it. Oh, yeah. So Gotta make money somehow. I really think the small faction of us, Even if you're a private guy, we need to be on the argument of, hey, let these public guys hunt, let them get stuff done, and let's keep advancing the public opportunity to go more hunters. Yeah, to go be able to kill game, because just because they can't, they don't have the same success ratio as you, because they don't kill these big bucks every year on their public land, that's not. On the private land, that's not fair to them. Like, they're still trying. They're trying real hard. And if anything... They're probably trying harder. They're trying harder. I know they're not planning the same stuff as you, but they got to deal with a parking lot full of guys who are all in there trying to do the same thing as them. They're usually waking up earlier. Yeah. And and they've got (laughs) to scout better than you do to try to go find deer. You can't put out 20 trail cameras. No. They'll get their stuff stolen. In Michigan, you can't have a blind that's, you know, attached to the tree. Uh, And if someone gets to your blind before you, it's supposed to be you. Sit by a tree. So public land guys are really having to work it over anyways. So I don't think we should be attacking them in any way, shape, or form. That was a long-winded... That might go on as the longest Hunter Trumble rant in the history of not only this podcast, but just him in general. (laughs) I don't think it was a rant, was it? It was a rant. You were pretty heated. Oh, I wasn't heated. I'm, I'm just passionate about it. I just Well, it's a rant. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like guys fighting about things that to me, if we, you know, if we want to fight about things, let's let's fight about season dates. Let's fight about limits. Limits. Let's fight about uh, who's a, a, shot. A sandhill crane season in Michigan. Yes. Let's, you know, let's fight about a dove season in Michigan. And and I don't know what other states need to fight these fights, but. Let's fight about things that matter that have science to back them up. Go
1: first, whitetail season. (laughs)
2: Antler Antler restrictions. restrictions. Let's not fight about whether Jim Joe on private land should be able to hunt the whole season, but freaking Kate on public land should only be able to hunt three days of the week because God (laughs) darn it, it's public. (laughs) <laughs> like that doesn't that's not fair that's I agree, not fair. i agree
1: you're hearing no arguments from this no i know i'm talking
2: directly to my public
1: to Go, the talk consumer to, talk to your base and oh.
2: hopefully they understand i just i don't like the supreme uh freaking walk tough guy act I'm all these guys guy. that are walking around being like oh, i kill my 140 plus inch deer a season and i know what i'm doing and i kill my limited ducks and Outlaw standing core. Like that post
1: on Instagram last week, or this week, whatever day it was, less than 10% of all archery hunters will kill a buck over 127. Exactly. Less than 10%. Exactly. Why are you but worried
2: about So, and here's another thing that we can get into as well. The public perception of, of what is killed in a year off social media. Yes. Okay, so when I look on social media, I see big bucks everywhere. Oh yeah. Nobody nobody posts the spike that they killed. Exactly. But here's the thing, per capital of hunters? That's not that many. No. That's not that many. And that's the same with ducks. It's the same with duck hunting all day, every day. I can hop on. No one's posting the one or two duck days. But guess how many people are shooting one to two ducks? Sometimes zero. A Us. lot. Us. 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 A time. So what do you but what do you see on our feed? You see pile
1: pit because that makes like, you look good. But well, going back to the guy who commented on our video saying outlaw standing corn, we didn't get limits every day in the corn. No, no, no we did it. No, Those were the we, choice we, dates. We had one or two duck days. We had five duck days with four of us hunting, you know. We had we had days where we didn't shoot the gun until eleven o'clock, but it still works sitting
2: in the standing corn. And and he, not, and that's another thing, guys home. guys like that just irritate me though. Like let guys be happy for what they're shooting. If I'm going out and I shoot my limit of woodies, if I shoot my what is it, three woodies? Yeah. If I shoot my four th- four? Four. Four woodies. Four woodies? Right? Mm-hmm. No, four mallards. No, four mallards. God, we're out it's of two season. Or, it's two or three woodies. We're out of season. <laughs> but if I go out and I shoot my limit of woodies and I'm proud of that, how are you especially some new kid that goes out and shoots woodies? How how are you as a as a as a guy? As a grown ass man, gonna sit there and tell me Woody hunting doesn't count. Oh, ball Woodies aren't a real duck. We're not gonna be shooting Woodies, and ours don't count for nothing. They're on the limits. That they have a limit. They're in the book. They're a duck. They count. Be happy that you got to shoot them. Be happy. Like I don't. I don't understand why guys want to act all tough and hard. Well, we're pretty dumb on her. What are they? It's six! dumb Dumb-dumb. It's six? Yeah, it's just our six limit. No it's not. Yeah, it is. No That's what this says. No 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 no. I know it's not six. It's four mallards. Hunt go down to the other go read the read your species.
0: Oh. I know it's not six. I promise.
2: Keep going on oh, I'll find it. Uh I just oh. you know. I, I, I'm about done. With oh, right. three, 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 three. There, three. I, I knew it was. I was like six. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, someone needs to fix that. Uh, <laughs> but I just don't understand. Saves that for what, is the, what is the point? I'm the last guy that's gonna pull up on a, on a group of dudes. I don't care who you are, how old you are, how long you've been doing it. And I'm gonna look at your two woodies in the boat and say, well, "That was a terrible fucking day." No, I bet you had a blast. Right. And I'm glad you had a blast. I hope you come out and you do it again. Have fun. That's a great day. If I That's shot two right, woodies, I'm having a great day. Anytime we get a bird in the boat, we're happy. Exactly. So I just don't get where people get off of thinking that they can, they can degrade people for shooting a certain type of bird. If you, if you want to go and you want to hunt and you want to go outdoors and you want to, especially deer hunting, I see a lot. And I had this thought process for a long time too. You see a lot of guys shooting a spike. And there is the thought process that goes in my head. I'm like, why would you shoot that? That could have grown up and been a big deer. But the other part of me, that's not my deer to shoot. True. That's not my place to be. If he wanted, she or she wanted to shoot that deer, they have all the right in the world to shoot that deer. This is true. So where is it my place to tell them that that's not a correct, ethical thing to kill? Now, if you're killing something with spots... We can get yeah. the ethicals at that point. Tiger tastes better. It's, it's a baby. It's <laughs> what it is. What it is. But it's your deer. It's your deer, it's your kill. It's whatever you want. It's your tag. It's your tag. That's why if they want to restrict tags, if they want to make it so you have to kill a doe first, and then your buck has to have at least four on each side. I, it's 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 at that point it's your tag. If you follow the rules, you follow the rules. Right, right now, everyone's following the rules, so I can't say nothing. I agree. So it is what it is. It is what it is. But like Canada Bands. if you shot a, a Canada goose with a band on it, I'd be upset. How is that different than shooting a mallard with a band on it? I don't understand. Cause they band more geese. But do they? I think so. We didn't ask the full numbers on our ba- our banding. I think they really band more geese. Will come out before this one, but you know, by how many more do they band geese? What's the what is the per per capita? We did go over the numbers, did we? I yeah. Can't, yeah. this was three four weeks ago when we recorded this, so I actually don't I don't honestly remember.
0: But
1: so overall nationwide, it's about two hundred thousand ducks and a hundred thousand geese. Oh well, then. But I think Michigan. I swore he said
2: they banned more geese. They might. They might. They might. But my my whole thing on that is, is how does that not count? What? Because they're bigger. Cause you can see them. You can see him, maybe. It's easier to right. shoot. Like, like, let's I mean. get that guy on the podcast. <laughs> that guy's an idiot. Well, ask him where he came up with this. Bulldog. My my problem is, is that it's guys like that that ruin that ruin hunting for certain people. They ruin it. I just, what if some kid, you know, who's he commenting on? Because he's commenting on our stuff. We're a company. Probably a lot of. people. But I mean, can. if some kid posts a freaking a picture of corn in a wood duck. Next thing you know, he's got some guy in his comments telling him he's a f***ing idiot for hunting a corn and killing a wood duck. And there's the explicit warning on this podcast. I've already sworn once other time, but this guy's just getting me all heated up because why do you... He would f***ing say that in person. He would sit on his keyboard and type and be like, well, Duck Commander ruined duck hunting. It ruined it. No, it brought awareness to duck hunting. It brought awareness. It brought people to the... It opened the the industry. Yeah, it opened the industry up. It opened guys like me and you making calls. Oh, yeah. That was, never a, that was never as big of a thing. No, not at all. Duck hunting is on the rise. It's on the rise. And that guy's scared because he doesn't want to see more people in his spots. He doesn't want to see him overcrowded. He doesn't, he want, doesn't want to put in the work. He doesn't want to go look for ducks. Yes. I so agree. that's all he's scared of. He's scared of not getting his limit in his private pond that he probably hunts. That's heated year-round and says he ain't count. Sick. But I digress. Like but he's jealous. But he's jealous. He's jealous because he doesn't plant corn. That's why the guy below him, kudos to that guy, he yeah. said, shut up, mm-hmm. and the so plant
1: your own corn. Shut up, corn. shut
2: up. I yeah. love that. If you want, if you're jealous of corn, plant it. It's that easy. Go plant the corn, flood it. If you don't have the ability to do it, build it. Build it. I don't have to tell you. If you're just, je- like, I, I looked at this guy's Instagram. He has nothing on there of any substance, just complaining. Sounds about right. Go yeah. and fix it. Go and fix it. Build yourself a better hunting habitat. You know what? Contact
1: <laughs> four outdoors down there in Texas and have him build you a nice duck habitat. Yeah. He'll tell you exactly what you need to be doing. Yes, he will. Tell, tell on Townsend you. Yeah.
2: He might even give you a discount. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a good little, that's a good... Push right there. I expect that on this podcast. There we go. we got mean, into that. Twenty-five
1: minutes of you just pushing this topic. I like it. That's my
2: yeah. Might be the That's most passionate you've ever gotten on this podcast. I just don't like bull. I don't like people bullying for no reason at no, all. I agree. No reason. The Social media effect on hunting. Like sure. it's just so dumb. Everybody wants to think that they're so cool and that you, like I can get pile pics and all this stuff. Your kill is your kill. Be proud of whatever you got that day. Amen to that. Just be proud of it. Amen. There were so many times last year we killed two birds. Oh, those the the three Woody day where we got our beautiful Woodies was one of my favorite days. We got uh bluebills. The bluebill day. Lesser, we got lesser scout. Was some of my favorite days. Three of them. Like and they were they were some of our favorite shots. Yeah. They were some of our favorite shots. Our calling days. They're just some of the most peaceful days. Yeah, I agree. And they're nice. I agree. So it's that easy. There's so many other things that hunters could could, could get on board and argue with each other about. That I would rather, rather, like I told you last night, it's not the hill I'm willing to die on. There's arguments that guys want to make and it's like, why is that the hill you want to stand your ground on? Yeah. Let's, why, is, why is flooded corn your debate? Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about other things that have more
1: importance. I'm going to have to post a picture of us doing this podcast on TikTok and make sure that guy gets tagged in it if he listens <laughs> to this.
2: He <laughs> won't listen to it. No, no problem. He'd be so triggered if you listened to this. I just, it doesn't make no sense to me. It is what it is. But now we can actually get
1: into Unfortunately, I don't think you'll be as passionate about this side of things. That's the
2: funny part. I say we're going to get into the meat and potatoes, but that really... There's that was my probably the bulk of, of
1: potatoes. was the bulk of it. Not planned, but it was the bulk of it. So, so what we're going to talk about next is we're going to switch mostly to the whitetail side of things at this point. Um, Pennsylvania uh, Wildlife Service did a huge study on 1,120 whitetail deer. And the, uh, the patterns that they have during hunting season, and I think a lot of it kind of blows some of the typical hunter sayings out of the water.
2: Um, so, well, I don't know what, you know, some of the stats. Do you have any previous thoughts on what
1: we've talked about so far as far as the rainy and the wind and the moon go? From what you've heard kind of thing? Yeah. Keep your same passion going. <laughs> um,
2: I would have loved there to be more deer in the study.
0: Obviously. Yeah, it's not that many. I would have loved for them to elaborate
2: on how on their movement of how
0: much they're moving.
2: Yeah,
1: and I think they are they they just updated the article a week or two ago again, so I think they're still combing through some of the data, so we might update this episode later on and kind of talk about it a little bit more in depth, but we're just going off the data they've released to the public so far. But
2: I think it would be better to get our individual opinions as you go down the data. Okay, so we'll start with
1: ratings. I know that I've always been a believer that in light rain, deer will move the same amount. And in heavy rain, they pretty much bed down and stop moving. That's what I was taught. That's what I always believed. What about you?
2: That's based on... So based on
0: my hunt, uh, all the hunting I've done, I believe that...
2: I still believe that to be true. But I mean... What the study says that they, they still move a little bit, don't they?
1: Yeah, so the study said that dough actually had no effect on, like, the rain did not have any effect on dough whatsoever, but the bucks did reduce movement by 15%. I'm just going off of where
2: I found it, which obviously they took a thousand deer in, in Pennsylvania and they did it, and I can only go off of my property, which would be a 40 acre plot of land, which whatever deer are in there. But when it's raining, I don't see, hear, nothing. There is nothing moving. And that might just depend, because I have a giant swamp on most of my property that we don't go in. It's a safe zone. So they could still be moving in that swamp. But they're not
1: moving where right. in the fields or the woods. This yeah, this study doesn't elaborate enough yet on you know did the dose still move, but did they change where they move? Exactly. Are they just did, walking did, around the swamp like right. a little bit and then did they back stay out of fields? You what know. are they doing? But
2: I don't, in my personal opinion, I don't see them during the rain. But there might be guys out there. But it's all about per- personal too, because you could believe if you're a guy that shot two giant bucks in the rain, you're gonna be like, oh heck no, they freaking move in the rain all day long, right? I don't see any in the rain, so my belief was always, hey, if it's raining,
1: I'm probably not seeing much. Also, it doesn't dive into... So it said that bucks restricted their movement by 15%. Does that mean that they just don't move as much, or they move a less distance, you know? Like, are they just not going as far Or they just out? don't move at all. Do they not move at all?
2: If it's pouring rain, do they just sit all day? Well, it said they restricted their movement by 15%. So is that... But I'm saying, is that 15% of the deer that don't move? Or is that 15% or that, that just... Fifty percent of the distance that they move or right. right what is it you know um the next
1: one that they highlighted was the moon now i track moon phases during hunting season i've always gone off you know full moons new moons that kind of thing uh what about you i
2: track it i think i don't know what their study said about it I their study said it had zero effect
1: on any of the deer really they it did not and that shocked me really it had zero effect of the 1120 deer they studied it had zero effect which blew me out of water. I, mean, I like, tracked him moon phase like me out of, of water the water, too, because...
2: And we can bring this to duck, too, right here. Moon phases. That's a big study right does now. Does it really
1: affect them? Does it? it because, just a folktale?
2: Because, like, does it give them more light to go feed at night? Like, are they becoming night feeders? Are deer night feeders more... At, like, do they come out more at night during full moon? Like, what's your... Right. I don't track it as hard as you do. I kind of just go, you know? And if it happens to fall, I don't actually, like, really look at it, but... I was in the blue, the camp of believing that the moon had something to do. I was to move it. That was one of my most shocking stats that I read here. Uh so yeah, that, that's pretty crazy to me that it didn't I, any. Yeah, of no, I thought I find that crazy. Even if it was 10 20 percent, I'd believe it. But zero percent, that, that's
1: crazy. Uh, wind also talks about wind quite a bit. Um, I always thought deer move less on windy days. You can't hear as well. You can't smell as good. You know, from that one direction.
2: I had I had no belief in wind. wind. No belief? No, no wind. I didn't think wind being a, a something
1: that would stop them. Bucks in, doe actually move more on windy days. Not sure. Well, not sure if they, because they can, maybe they move into the wind on those well, days? Well, here
2: would be my assumption on that. It's a, an assumption. No scientific study to back it up, obviously. I don't know. My guess would be they're still afraid of predators. So their noise is going to be dampened by the wind. And they might be able to smell better if they walk into the wind, downwind. You know, they're right. downwind. They can get a better whiff of you if you're upwind of them.
1: And We I think, should try you know, to contact somebody who was involved in this study and have them on so we can ask some of these more in-depth questions. I agree. That'd I be agree. a pretty sweet podcast. But yeah, I, I didn't think they'd move more on a windy day. Uh, another random stat that they really said was 90% of the deer that survive hunting season make it to the next season. Only 10% of the remaining deer get killed off by predators, cars, all that crap.
0: That's true. That was pretty crazy. But that, to me,
2: that's such a low number of deer that they're checking on, though, for that number to to be a true number. I feel like it's probably within a couple percent, though. Uh, 1,100 deer? How close to a highway were all these deer that they were tracking? That's true. Where in the state were they at? That's true. You know, because if I go down to Lombard... Those deer can move a lot without getting to a pretty busy road. Like 12 is there, but they don't, if they just go the other way, they can go a long way. True. But my property, there's deer killed all the time right there because it's right on the highway. True. So, like, that, I feel like that can be skewed heavily depending on where you're located. I think that plays a big part,
1: though. Like, let's say I'm trying to think of, uh, we don't really have many properties that are, are far away from a highway or such. You know what? But even Kyle, do you would think Kyle could kill a decent amount of deer a year? So if you are so I, well I
2: wouldn't. No, I I think most of their kills come in fawns, and those technically in that study, those fawns weren't there. No, they they tracked fawns. Yes, but okay, They're So my I'm saying fawns just born. Oh, okay. Fawns born that that season. So they're tracking fawns, but that fawn made it through. So then now it's a a pretty grown deer by the time it makes it around to the next season. True. I'm thinking most coyotes are eating babies that are born that season before they're tracking them. True. So I don't think big deer uh, really have much predator other than disease, hunters, and cars. This is true. In Michigan. In Michigan. In Michigan. Now this was in Pennsylvania, so you are getting into black bear territory too. You are, but... I don't know where at, how much. I feel like black bears... A lot of berries... How much? I don't know how many deer a year black bears really track down and actually kill. I'm not really sure either. I will look that up though. Um, this will, I mean this would be a cool stat. We don't have bears. Well, we have them up north, but we don't.
0: Not probably. But I feel like bears,
2: like black bears especially, are foreigners. Like I don't think they're purposely going out and attempting
1: to kill deer a lot of the time. No, and I'm loading this article right now, but the false snippet it showed on Google, did say that they kill mainly fawns as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you're, you're running into the same problem. So, it's before the study can even track these fawns if they're not, um, they're,
2: they're, you know, being out tidbits.
1: Okay, another stat. A study consisting of Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi states that adult deer account for 40% of a coyote's diet.
0: Really? 40%? That's a lot. So. Who would have thought there? Yeah, I don't know. That's so,
2: that's, damn. That's a big number. That is a big number. I wouldn't have thought that either. Yeah. I don't know. I don't but know what to think about they do kill up to 65% of all newborn right
0: tail fawns. Jesus so, That's a lot. That's a lot. That's crazy. That seems hot. It's it does, doesn't it? That's over half your population of deer now. Yeah, that's crazy. And if we kill
1: another 10%, that's 70% a year, that's crazy. That seems high, but who would have thought? I don't me? know, I guess. Alright, Uh, let's see the next little tidbit that the study said. Um, okay, kind of interesting. I think we probably both assumed this, but it gets a little more in-depth than we thought. 43% of the deer that they studied did change their movement due to pressure. And most of that forty three percent changed it the week or even the day before
0: opening day. Wow. Isn't that crazy?
2: So based on just people going out and checking trail cameras, That's you're, putting what I'm up stands? Before. you're
1: putting up sands, you're checking trail cameras the week before, you're throwing corn out. They I mean they gotta notice that amount of movement. So
2: according to this study, it'd be better to get your stuff done about two months prior. Yes and you literally don't touch your shit until you're walking in right, that morning. keep your deer on that same pattern if you can. The week slash day before opening day, that's pretty crazy. That is nuts. And you know what, though? You notice it. You notice it. If you, oh, go, yeah. if you yeah. bow hunt here, way different feel than a gun hunt. Yeah. Gun hunt, I feel like the deer, you bring a gun into the woods, and it's all, like they know. They know. They this know. They that black powder. like, whoa, no,
1: guys, hold <laughs> up. We can talk heard. about this. <laughs> So, and I wanted to highlight, too, just because the article highlighted it. They don't shift the amount that they move, like the, the range that they move they just in. They shift when they move They it. just shift yeah. the I, I phrase that dumb. They don't shift their home range. They shift at the amount oh. that they travel. Got
2: it.
1: So they, they'll still travel, you know, two and a half miles out or whatnot, but they
2: won't do it as frequently, it. is what I got. it. Well, that's, like, that's why a lot of guys are waiting for rough. Right, you know, you're waiting what for a great segue, Hunter. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're waiting for that rut to make them bucks dumb, so he'll make that travel to go find does, and then he's not—he's thrown caution to the wind. That's what you're waiting for. Most of the year, a mature buck will move two and a half miles in a day. During the rut, it's almost five miles a day. See, that's a lot of deer. Movement. Within that five miles, you can you can make up some ground. And most of their movement is within one square mile. So, who'd have thought? So if you have a buck on your property, is he leaving your property? Yes. But is the majority of his movement on your property? Yes. Yes,
1: it is. So this is the one when I was writing down stats. I told you that I would have never thought about this. So they make their home boundaries, obviously, off of natural landmarks like streams, you know, if there's a big canyon or something, or this is in Pennsylvania, so maybe mountain ranges. Almost 80% of the deer were shown using
0: power lines as border marks.
1: What? You're telling me that the deer's noticing where the power lines are and they're using that to mark territory? That's pretty crazy. That's nuts to me.
2: I would have never thought that. I wouldn't have either. Never in a million years. It's nuts. And
1: most of, so this is the other crazy part too that'll actually play into hunting, how I hunt this year especially. Um, most of the deer's movement was in the center of their home area. So let's say if you're hunting on a property of the river, how many people sit on that river? You know, like if you, if your property has a river, you're probably putting your tree stand on the river because that's where they're going to drink. But most of their movement isn't going to be on that because that's their border.
2: So you want to put, the, the whole point is put as many trail cams up as you can and figure out where, where, the, the home. where the borders are and where the main center is. Right. So if you've got a big
1: river that you know the deer are using as a border marker, you don't actually want to sit on that river. 'Cause they're that's their border. I guess
2: it depends though. If you're trying to kill a big buck though and you go to the center, you gotta have perfect winds, perfect everything, because you're blowing in one way or the other to the center. You gotta know what you're doing, really. You gotta know your
1: deer's movement. If you're on the
2: outskirts though, at least you know there's one way that there's probably not a lot going on, right? And you can kind of adjust for that. So I don't know. Or if you know your river's on the east side of your property, your deer's probably gonna be traveling to that east side more often. Yeah. So, not from the west side. Like, on my property, I've got, it, I've got it figured out. I know where the center is. Now, we've made it a rule that we can't hunt the center. We leave the center as a safe zone, and it's very heavily um, de- it's dense, so they're able to lay in there, and you never get to you never find them. Right. So, I know exactly where theirs is. So, I hunt maybe, uh, probably three or 400 yards off that. Gotcha. Off the river. I'm right next to the river. Right. And... They come off that, and they use the river to follow up to the fields. Gotcha. So they know where they're going. They get to the river, and they follow it all the way up because it leads out into the fields, and that's how they know where to go, I'm assuming. Right. I sit on that river, and as they walk up the river, they get 15 yards from me, and that's that's where it all, goes, where down. It all goes down. That's where it all goes down.
1: Um, how many people – now, Michigan, we're not supposed to bait in this state, so I'm going to pretend like I don't know any that baits here. But uh, I don't
2: know anybody who baits here. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a lie. I know nobody who baits here. All I know is, we could with DNR Officer, Mr. Willie <laughs> And if you know something, you should be contacting somebody. I don't bait myself, and that's all I can say. I don't bait either. But anyways. Now, do I plant corn in a field? Sure. That's I sure what? do. That's really what? do. I plant apple trees? Maybe. Possibly.
1: Yes. <laughs> So, how many people do you think? Let's say uh Pennsylvania. I know you can bait. So, how many people in Pennsylvania
2: do you think bait year round? Probably not. Exactly, I don't think it's right? many. I don't year year round. I would say it's less than twenty percent. And I guess I'll even focus one in the springtime, early spring. Right now, I guess we're we're mid summer now, but yeah, early spring from the time fawns drop to two months after. I don't think a lot. This
1: study said that one of the biggest factor in angler growth was the nutrition that the fawn gets from its mom. So you're going to want that
2: mom to be eating
1: as much as she possibly can That's to nice. get the biggest rack size. Nice. So if you're on a private land and you're trying to grow the biggest racks, you want corn down in the spring. Not in the fall
0: just to get them in. Or yeah. mineral blocks, I yeah, guess, yeah. would be more beneficial.
2: But. So his antler growth has to do with when he's a fawn? When he's a fawn. Even when he's
1: a five-year-old? Yes. It's a fucking wild study. It said one of the biggest, it said obviously some of the big factors were nutrition and stuff like that, but it said uh, rack size is is heavily dependent on nursing nutrition. Wow. I don't really know wild. how long they nurse for, probably maybe two months, if that. So
2: you really want when they're dropping fawns to have mineral blocks out, to have corn down, apple tree, I guess too early for apple trees to be dropping apples, but apples down, that sort of thing. Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy too, which is kind of nuts to me because we, as Michigan, don't grow a lot for them to eat uh-uh. in the spring. All of ours, all of our food consumption really comes late summer, fall, right? So, I don't, you know, I don't know. We have but, a lot of vegetation, berry wise, and stuff in the spring, though. No? We do, but like I'm saying, agricultural wise, where no. we've tilled most of our land, we right. don't plant really anything. You might have some wheat or some hay or alfalfa or something out there, a clover that right. will pop up. But I guess I don't really know what else to plant. And I'm sure people like Robbie could tell you what nutrients they need. Yeah, we but might I mean pack, like pack, as as pack. a state, I feel like we don't plant a lot of hay. We don't plant a lot of clover. Yeah. We don't plant that kind of stuff. We plant excessively a lot of corn I and agree. a lot of beans. I, I know agree. canola is planted in some places, but, like, I, I don't know if deer even eat canola, in all honesty. Maybe I don't know if they do or not. It, it might you don't see it planted cold. very often, though. No, no, you don't. So, I don't know. I feel like if that's the thought process. But, uh, you know, we're monoculture now, so that's not in the forethought of farmers' minds, planting stuff for wildlife. They're, they're planting for money, you know. They're planting for yield. Right. So, corn and beans. Corn and beans. Corn and beans. beans, beans, that's, corn what beans. You, that's what we're planting. So most of our corn goes alcohol. so be bought right. Uh,
1: the last one from the study that I can highlight is debunking that bucks are not on state land very often. So, a part of this study did cover state public land. 31 of the 32 bucks that they track survive hunting
2: season. Um. That's crazy. These crews are smart. They're smart. They're smart. Those bucks are smart. You can't say that there's not deer on public land. It's just that you can't find them. I think the thing about it is is a lot of guys, are a lot of guys, because we do the same thing, you're hunting what is readily accessible to you. Yes. I think the deer are moving in places that you don't want to be. Yes. It's too thick. You don't want to be in there. And if you are in there, you're more than likely... Made too much noise getting in there, they know you're there. They know you're there. They smell that black powder. I'm telling you, but like, I just think deer are moving in places that got people don't want to be. I agree with that, for sure. So, I mean, that's a, it's a crazy study though. Yeah, that's a bit, I don't know if it's the, it's gotta be one of the largest deer population studies ever. That's a lot of money in trackers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about deer studies. It's
1: definitely the biggest one I've ever heard.
2: So. But it definitely had a lot of information. Yes. It was, it was fun. It's fun to hear that type of stuff.
1: Yeah. So we'll, we'll reach out to somebody from that study and try to get them on to elaborate a little more. But uh, I think that pretty much is all, all I have to say about the study so far. Yeah, so.
2: I think it's on the study. So I guess we can move on. What else is on the topic of today? What are we going to talk about? You got anything you want to talk about? Show wise, call wise, Delta Waterfall Festival in Arkansas is coming up. Hope to see a lot of y'all there. It's supposed to be pretty warm down there. Pretty nice weather. Actually, though, oh nice. Oh, my gosh.
1: I'm such a southern. <laughs> supposed to be 90, like, five. Hey, sunny and warm. <laughs> Can't
2: beat it. No, I want cloudy and rainy and 60. <laughs> that's what I want. But uh, it's not as bad. I looked at it last night. Little Rock right now is sitting at, like, 103. Well, that's good. That's so not So I'm cool. like, ooh, dodging a bullet. We're still 31 days out, so that could change drastically. I'll take ninety five over one hundred three for sure. Well, yeah, one hundred three. Sta- yeah. I don't in the ten.
0: Yeah, we're gonna so, we're
2: gonna do a little camping. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Excitement!
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so Arkansas, um, let's give them a rundown of what we got going on here. So we got Arkansas <coughs> we come back. Um, if any of you live in Nashville or around Nashville, I think old Mister Willie Fierro will be in Nashville in August. Um, yep, I don't think I will be there. How uh, might might have to stay back to do some manufacturing? I was going to say, right now, it's looking like, uh, for Game Fair, we're going to be running a tad short on manufactured calls. So Arkansas, I will be there. And then Nashville, I think it will just be Willie. Um, but then Game Fair, if anybody's game going to back, Game Fair. We'll be at your, your Michigan shows, yeah, Saginaw we'll Bay. Be VA. We'll be though? Somebody will be. Somebody will be. I don't think our, our calls will be. Our calls will be. Me and really probably will not be there. Point me A, we'll be there. Yes. You, no, might, you might be upset at Saginaw, There's ain't. no conflicting stuff.
1: You might be upset at
2: the I ain't. I highly doubt it. Out, right? Really? I only have four days when we get back from the other one to start making calls, the same calls by the time. Well, no, you do know, have the entire time I'm in Nashville. I have three, I have four. I think it's 11 seven, days total, right? Seven days total. Are you sure? There's four between. And then you're gone for three.
1: Eh, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah so yeah, we'll probably like seven, seven, seven days. I probably will not be the But somebody will be there with their calls. so We hope to see you guys there. but uh,
2: Depending on how many calls we pump out. Because if we pump two or three hundred out, no, I
1: definitely will not be there. Because that is a, s-
2: a lot of sanding. <laughs> yes, yes, guess it
1: is.
2: That's a lot of time in sanding.
1: Be sure to keep up on the Instagram for our dates and stuff like that. New product releases. So we need to talk
2: about, out. like, so... in. Instagram, we've got stuff coming out. Keep looking at it, keep liking it, all that type of stuff. TikTok, TikTok likes to ban our videos because of dead ducks, but it is what it is. Animal views. YouTube, if anybody has any great ideas for YouTube, please go contact like, us. Go like and subscribe to our well. Subscribe to it, but <clears throat> let us know what anybody wants to see because yep. we're not very awesome in the production of film, so yeah. we're getting there. I, I, we need ideas that people want to, to see. That be sure be to best. like and
1: follow and
2: share our podcast as well. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people are listening to this on average now, but... I haven't looked at the stats in a couple weeks, so... I you don't know. to guess to see those. Yeah. I'm going to guess there's about
1: 150 of you. Maybe. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell yeah. your friends, though. Be sure to share, it, and uh, we might be doing some giveaways for our podcast followers here soon, so be oh. sure
2: to follow it as well. Two-week sale! Use the code July four. I don't know if that's going to make it in time. It's not. It's
0: make it time. Oh. That's why I didn't say that.
2: But I tell you what, if you
1: message me and say you heard it on the podcast around July fourth, we'll give you the deal. Yeah. So that. Be sure to like and We'll have to
2: throw that on the one before this because this is going to go up. Yeah. Next oh.
1: week, sometime. Yeah. Thanks. That's terrible. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end on that good note. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to share the podcast, and uh, everybody have a wonderful Fourth of July.
0: You already Woo-hoo!
1: at Have a good one